0: You have this idea that starts bothering you and you start talking to other people, then it starts shaping into something and if you do not lose your conviction, you get so passionate and excited about it that you have to try.
1: Hi, I am Sophie Vaux and this is the Rise and Play podcast. In the show, I sit down with influential thought leaders of the gaming industry to deconstruct how they create the best team and company cultures in order to create the best games. Every episode brings actionable insight to improve your leadership, self-awareness, and emotional management skills. Because becoming a better leader starts with becoming a better human. So are you ready to unlock your full potential in life and business? Let's begin. This episode has been brought to you by our sponsor Appideal,
0: an all-in-one growth platform for mobile app creators of any size. While you have probably heard about Appideal as a mediation solution, it has already expanded into much more than that. Appideal unlocks access to a new generation of advanced business intelligence tools, including LTV forecasting, user acquisition and creative automation, and of course, the mediation platform that can work out of the box or be managed manually. Being one of the very few independent platforms left in the market, AppaDeal delivers unbiased solutions for mobile app creators to establish and scale their businesses
1: rapidly. Sign up at AppaDeal.com. So today I am sitting down with Julia Palatowska. She is the co-founder and CEO of Dorian, a new creator platform that enables anyone to turn fiction into games and make money out of them. So Julia before has worked in games for over 10 years, and her professional experience includes mobile games, studios, and venture capital. In the statistics, it was 7-8% of all the CEOs in games are women. It's very little, very few. And that's why, for me, I feel so grateful. And I think it's important to give visibility to the work of a few uh, female CEOs out there, what they're doing and why. So hi, Julia. Very pleased to have you here. How are you?
0: I'm great. Hi, Sophie. Thank you for having me.
1: I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things going on when you have your own company. So what are you up to these days? What's exciting for you that makes you wake up, you know, every day?
0: Well, to build on your introduction, I want to share that the most exciting part of my work is to enable more creators to produce games and actually participate in this amazing, super creative and growing industry And creators who are using our platform, Dorian, are primarily women or other underrepresented groups with with many people of color among them. And I guess this is the most exciting part of my job and my teams because we are convinced that the games industry and the products and games that this industry is offering is gonna improve significantly if we distribute and democratize opportunities. Especially considering that games have outgrown other forms of entertainment, right? It's not just that women are underrepresented in leading positions. It's also that women do not take part in this growing opportunity uh, as much as they could. So I want to make this industry more welcoming to women and other underrepresented groups through Dorian.
1: I was curious, how did this idea develop for you? I remember there was this new era, Emergence of Games, like many of those platforms where I think it was offering that you can create your story or you choose your story and get very popular by Pocket Gems. And so I wanted to understand more of the journey for you, how you also wanted to develop it further. And how did that happen for you?
0: Of course. So I think that I want to start with my own journey and my own story a little bit. I joined this industry very early in my professional life. And one interesting fact about me is that I have worked in the games industry out of four countries. I started my career in Ukraine. This is where I'm coming from. And then I moved to Russia to join a games company. And then I moved to the UK and I joined London Venture Partners, a venture capital fund that's investing in the games industry. And then after a couple of years at LVP, I decided to move to the US, to the West Coast, uh, to start a company, to start Dorian. So that's been quite a journey and I'm extremely grateful for this uh, for this industry and this opportunity and how much I have learned how much I have grown professionally and creatively and all of the people fantastic and passionate people who I have met in this industry but the biggest motivation has been that I'm coming from a very humble background and you know that Unfortunately, the history of Ukraine since the collapse of the Soviet Union has been quite volatile with things happening right now. I feel like I wouldn't get as far and it would be hard to predict that one day I would be able to move to the West Coast and raise venture capital just based Mm -hmm. on my humble beginnings. I'm grateful for all of this to this industry because it's been really growing so much. And if, you are, if you're passionate about it, and if you team up with great people, you can definitely grow much faster than in many other industries that I could have joined. And this would change my trajectory entirely, right? So I think the biggest event that enabled growth and economic opportunities for many people including many of my friends from the industry who are coming from, you know, kind of challenged economic backgrounds uh, was uh, the uh, launch of uh, mobile app stores that enabled so many people and companies uh, the much wider distribution opportunities for their games their apps, their talent. It was a life-changing event for lots of people. There was a start that like, so many teams turned into millionaires in the first few years of the app stores, which had not been possible before. So with Dorian, what we want to do is democratize it further and let people who are passionate about entertainment and fiction and games to actually produce anything alone without any coding skills or a team and start making money immediately we currently have several thousand active published creators on dorian and several hundred of them are already generating revenue and this is just the beginning for the company Uh, So it's very exciting to see how unlocking these opportunities and democratizing the tools, including access, free access to analytics and monetization that we provide to all of our creators without any gatekeeping, how many people rise out of nowhere from totally unexpected backgrounds and how they start, uh, some, some of them started making a living on Dorian. They hope to change lives of so many writers who are currently producing fantastic fiction or fan fiction on some obscure forums or websites. There are millions of those people who are very talented, but it's just very hard to monetize fiction, as you can imagine. And we know that games monetize so much better than any other entertainment medium. So that's, I guess, the key.
1: There's so many things that make the purpose of a company very strong and very personal when I uh, listen to it, where I'm sure that among your creators, they are coming from all around the world and it's giving them an opportunity and very creatively to make additional revenues because you give access to tools and a platform and, you know, community. Is that correct?
0: Yes, absolutely. And I think that the important part here is that there are really probably hundreds of millions of people who are writing something, right? Uh, Writing fiction. But again, in this fictional sort of wall of text format, it's nearly impossible to make money. That's why the traditional book publishing industry is so elitist. And hard to get in. Traditional publishers publish just one percent of the books that they get, because in order to sell something upfront, you need to put a lot of marketing into this one percent. It's very hard to sell something upfront as content these days, right? Mm-hmm. But in a game format, in a free-to-play game format where People can try your stories, uh, get to know you as a creator, and we very much make sure that our uh, creators can build their own personal brand. Get to monetize your superfans in a different manner by giving some some fictional universe extensions, some special premium branches, uh, some in-game. Uh, advantages or even like now we see a lot of artists joining the platform and they for example they create some special art scenes Mm. that they can offer inside their games in a free-to-play format so Mm. fans can access full games for free and finish them for free but there would be Some premium choices, premium scenes that super fans can access for virtual currencies that they can buy. And then this virtual currency gets attributed to the creator who produced the game. And they can cash out on Dorian.
1: You know, these days I like to think of games being a global form of entertainment. So here, not only it gives a lot of diversity of stories that are being told just by nature of creators, But also as an audience, if I'm, I don't know, coming from Southeast Asia, uh, Vietnam, I want to have a very local story written by a Vietnamese. And then I never find those kind of story, you know, if I go on Netflix or more American content creation company. It's true that you cannot
0: predict what creators can produce and how good they can be given the opportunities one of the most uh, interesting creators on the platform is um uh, from uh, Singapore. She's producing very creative, very dramatic stories <laughs> while she has a professional day job so uh, her her stories are as far as I understand, are kind of inspired by her relationship with her boyfriend. It sounds, the relationship sounds quite stable and peaceful, but she has this, you know, this imagination, this universe <laughs> inside of her, how she translates her interactions with her boyfriend into her stories. And then she shares what inspired her in our community. That's one example. Another great example is a teenage girl from Germany who is writing in her third language, which is English. Mm-hmm. And she's doing a fantastic job as a teenage girl, very young, not only she is very productive and creative and her stories are doing well, but she is also learning very quickly how to work with her data that she has access to on Dorian, And she's giving us such a good feedback that all of the engineers on the team are listening to this girl. Because like, we know that if she gave feedback, we should listen because she's mm-hmm. very collaborative. She thinks it through and it's amazing and exciting for me to see how much she is growing herself and how she's acquiring these transferable skills that she can use on Dorian, but she can also use in any endeavors, any jobs that she's likely to acquire after school and how she understands the data so well, how she's planning her content so well and how she's communicating with other creators and our own team it's phenomenal it's so exciting right
1: and it tells us a lot about your team as well being so open in community oriented you know to listen to the feedback get feedback wherever they come from from the creators and even if that comes from a young girl you know based in germany although you may like you know have a an expertise in making the game. You need to be humble for this, right? And so I think it works as well with a team that is very open and very collaborative with the community.
0: I'm lucky to have a very passionate team, it's true. And I would like to share, I guess, the biggest learning for hiring. And probably it's not a secret, and many people know this, especially when you start your own company. They think it's very important to search for certain attitude uh, Mm -hmm. for startups as opposed to necessarily skill set. Skill set is also very important, especially for more technical jobs. But it's very important to search for this can-do attitude and readiness to adapt and pivot if necessary, because that's part of what being at a startup is. And I think that this definitely helped myself so much to get somewhere, as I mentioned, you know, despite odds. Because I feel that in my professional life, when I worked at different companies and teams, people could always throw tasks at me and ask me for different things. And I would figure things out. I would not be afraid to try something outside of my expertise. And I think that this made me valuable where I worked before. And I definitely highly recommend to search for this attitude in hiring, because if you find people like that, it's very unlikely that things would go wrong and then they can learn the specifics on the job.
1: Requirements are changing so fast. So by the time you learn and master a skill, you know it's a bit irrelevant because you need to adopt a new technology or even... A new way of working, right? These days, like, yes, of course, it's reassuring to hire for skills. But what you described here, the attitude, is what keeps you in the long run, right? So you, you have the tools to navigate all the situations, and you will learn and find solutions eventually.
0: Absolutely,
1: 100%. How many are you, by the way? We are currently 27
0: people. This year has been extremely exciting. We raised a Series A, we grew the team hired uh, really great talent from actually such companies as Crazy Maple, that's the developer of chapters. We hired a person from Whatpad, which is a large social fiction community that was acquired by Navar not so long ago. And then we also made our first Acquisition ourselves. Ooh, we, wow. <laughs> we acquired just a couple of months ago, it's all new. We acquired a studio called Nix Hydra. They have several IPs that are very popular in the story, gamified storytelling format. And we are currently working on bringing those properties to Dorian and enabling. Um, potential creativity around those. And we also just announced our partnership with the studio AMC for bringing two properties to Dorian that are very famous in the fan fiction community based on uh, the books of uh, Anne Rice, so the first is AMC is releasing a series interview with the vampire. Now it's going to translate into a fantastic series that's going to launch in less than a month on AMC and Dorian at the same time. And next year, we are bringing Mayfair Witches together with AMC as well. So this we are bringing licensed IPs, licensed characters, art, lore to Dorian to enable this community to produce official adaptations for interview with the vampires and then my fair witches. Later, we're trying to build this um, multiverse with them because there is going to be some crossover. Between interview with the vampire and uh, Mayfire Witches, and we're excited to see it the on Dorian. These uh, properties are known for their popularity in fan fiction communities, and that's like a huge deal for us that on Dorian creators can access these properties and actually officially make money uh, out of them together with our partners like AMC.
1: It's a lot of things to celebrate. And I think woman to woman, I want to ask you, you know, those things can be daunting and overwhelming because we talk a lot about a lot of money here. You are the CEO and you are responsible of all this big machine and, you know, that is growing, becoming bigger and bigger. And I wonder how you do you approach that? Is it something that actually give you energy or do you have maybe some thoughts some some fears that come you know when you started your company and now you're raising rounds and now you have to grow how do you feel about this
0: it's a fantastic question i probably could speak about this for hours because it is a lot of learning a lot of change and you constantly have to think on your feet and react quickly And also adapt yourself, right, to both changes in your company, market, your board, and so on. So that's a lot. I'm definitely very much enjoying this experience and the growth and the learnings. But I want to say that it's important to set expectations for yourself in a sense that things are even even your if you're Very hungry and hardworking and prepared to move fast. Things are going to take more time than you expect. And as you mentioned before, getting the team on the same page Mm -hmm. takes repetition. Mm -hmm. You need to find ways to communicate the vision, the strategy. It will take more time than you would expect. And it's important to have some routine that allows you to feel grounded and get some sense of normality Mm -hmm. such as for example uh, what helps me a lot like walking routine where i can digest and spend some time alone and just process Mm -hmm. my thoughts but i think that another thing that i want to say is that people might be often dehumanizing companies and in particular ceos and they think it's important to your members, founders, and CEOs are also just people, and mm-hmm. we should have reasonable expectations of uh, what a human can do, even if they are very ambitious.
1: That's very well said and a very good reminder. That's why I'm very impressed when I see, you know, overwork of CEOs and the growing stage and milestone reach in your case. As I mentioned at the start of the conversation, there are very few women who are CEOs. So I could imagine when you started to think of building your own company, there probably were not so many role models showing you that you would be capable of it, but you did it anyway. You built it all by yourself. And several years after you are like raising another round. How did this go for you? And what gave you the confidence drive to go forward anyway to build your own company?
0: That's a really good question. I think that based on my conversations with other founders and based on my own experience, what usually happens is that you have this idea that starts bothering you and you keep thinking about it and then you feel like you can't stop thinking about it. You start talking to other people and see if this idea makes sense. And then it starts shaping into something. And if you do not lose your conviction after talking and maybe collaborating with some people around this idea, you get so passionate and excited about it that you just, you know, you have to try. And this is what happened for me as well. The idea started kind of shaping in my mind that... There is this fantastic medium that combines storytelling with games. It's growing. And then only studios are doing this, whereas there are so many creators who could participate in this. And I was also very excited about the social component of this because that's something that I was missing in storytelling games. And we built... Uh, social uh, gameplay on Dorian where you can stream your or someone else's games and um, uh, vote for the decisions in real time simultaneously. So any game on Dorian can be played alone or socially. It's already integrated into our technology and as a creator, you just release your game and it's available in single player and a streaming format um, instantly. So that was something that I was thinking about. And I spent nearly a year talking to people about it, kind of trying this idea, collaborating with some experts in the field who then became our official advisors.
1: Mm -hmm. And
0: then I met my co-founder, Jordan, who is a fantastic engineer. We decided to team up and get this started. And thanks to my experience in venture capital, the first round was actually raised fairly fast. Then of course, there were a lot of changes you know on the go that we had needed to address and a lot of things that we needed to try. If you have conviction and if you have some market signals that you believe in, You just need to keep going. You have to give yourself more time than you probably expect. And you need to try and set this up in a way when you have this time uh, to try things and iterate. I think without that, we wouldn't be able to get where we are because we did need to make quite significant changes as we learned the market
1: and got uh,
0: market data.
1: You know, it's something I think a lot about when women, they come with their ideas, their concepts, and something important you said, like you were prepared, but... Most women don't have a financial background or even VC or investor background or haven't even been in this world. And something that comes to my mind here as an actionable for women when they have the ideas, companies that can be sometimes a bit foreign for investors who are evaluating it, they can maybe uh, think of learning as well the side of investors and finding this language to help them articulate what they're selling and uh, what is being evaluated when they you know, need to raise funds.
0: Yes, I think that one of the key things in this journey is to be able to find early believers. And actually, I just saw one of our angels a couple of weeks ago, He who invested very early on. You can't imagine like how inspired I was by having those first angels and mm. first believers. Even seeing him gives me such a big boost of energy because because he gave me this confidence and vote of confidence early on, just like some other angels that we had. So it's definitely very important to talk to people and not be afraid that someone mm-hmm. is going to steal your idea or something because we know that ideas are worthless without execution. Mm-hmm. And f- find people who give you this vote of confidence and oftentimes become angels in your company. If uh, any angels or investors are listening to this, please be supportive to founders, even if you're not investing, because your reaction might, in some cases, make it or break it for them, because every positive advice, every pup dogs that you're giving is really potentially life-changing for this person. I want to say that in our case, we had a fantastic angel investor, Holly Liu, who was one of the co-founders of Kabam. And mm. having her on board was so good for us and having a woman on the cup table so early on. I uh, was so exciting for me. She, she was extremely helpful with initial advice and hiring. I think it's worth mentioning that there is a very important cycle that's happening in venture-backed startups and venture capital distribution, which is people start companies and then some of them succeed and make money out of this. Vast majority of people who succeeded start investing one or the other way as angels or sometimes they start venture capital funds. Sometimes they start new companies and become serial entrepreneurs, right? But then they still usually invest and you can see this in every tech hub, in every ecosystem. Those ecosystems usually grow thanks to former founders who exited. So we need more successful founders who are women or under uh, underrepresented in order to grow this virtuous cycle for female founders, right so that we have this is a great way to get more uh, successful female CEOs and better representation. It takes time because you do need to have more better representation among the investors who would understand what another woman or someone else relatable is building uh, so that they can relate to this and feel like they are supporting a great cause that they can stand for but in order to have more investors you typically need more founders who female founders who exit and join Mm -hmm. those circles
1: That's a very optimistic uh, thoughts as well and uh, aspirations to uh, unfortunately end our conversation today. I have uh, one last question before we part ways. You've done so much already this year and what is the thing that you'd like to be achieve or happen end of the year or beginning of next year for your company or for yourself?
0: That's a wonderful question. I think that the biggest thing that I'm looking forward to right now is launching interview with the vampire on Dorian simultaneously with AMC because there is, as I mentioned, there is a huge fandom behind this who is creating a lot of fan fiction and starting in October, early October, they will be able to bring their uh, creative vision and fan fiction to Dorian officially with official licensed characters and lore and everything and we want really to see what they produce. So uh, this um, community uh, behind this IP coming to Dorian is something that I'm really excited about right now, and our team is all working on this so that we can start the new year with new learnings out of this, and uh, launch uh, new partnerships uh, with other IP holders that we're working on right now. And this will be exciting to expand in 2023.
1: Awesome. I think you're on a great trajectory and I will follow this through LinkedIn or closely with you because I'm very excited as well for you as I listen to you right now. Thanks a lot, Julia, for conversation today. And there's so much more I wanted to talk about, but that might be for a future conversation.
0: Thank you so much, Sophie. Thank you for doing this. It's really great that you started this podcast.
1: Thanks for listening to this latest episode of the Rise and Play podcast. I am trying to grow a community of conscious leaders across the industry and beyond. So if you want to join this movement, please share the podcast with other conscious leaders because we have so much more we can learn from each other. Also, please don't forget to follow the show so you don't miss out on future content. Every episode is packed with actionable insights that will help you improve your leadership skills now. And if you are interested in learning more on the topics that we discussed today, you can find more insights on riseandplay.io and there you will also find my free masterclass on conscious leadership. So have a great week and until the next time,